Ozark Federal Credit Union here to discuss customer service. Customer service, I feel like, is one of the most necessary ingredients that any business can have. And so I love to passionately talk about how you can protect your business. A little background so that you know why I feel that customer service is so necessary. I started out, I was a hairdresser. I managed a beauty supply for eight years. It was top store out of 19 stores. I got three years to get it from the red to the black and I did it the second year. I had a furniture store that I was a buyer, a seller, and a decorator for. I helped train the staff on that one. I also worked in the college institution under financial aid, advising, recruiting, retention, default prevention, and I love that job. Then I went to the finances department as far as with a credit union, with Ozark Federal Credit Union to be exact. And in every business that I've worked in, it's always been so important that we have a great front line and a great back line. Every job is so important and customer service is the key ingredient for each one of them. So I hope through my history, you'll be able to take some skills or some tips or even some encouragement that'll help you in your business to be more successful. And let's stop a minute and look at the different varieties of interaction for customer service. You could be a brick and mortar building. On your brick and mortar building, you have the advantage because that person is walking into your institution and they're either getting a product, a service, or a question or an issue. So you have four options that they're coming into, but it's a brick and mortar building and you're a step above because that customer or member walked in your door. Then you could also be a code calling. See, I in the beauty industry, I was a code caller. I had to call on 20 beauty shops a day and that was the minimum that I could call on. Now imagine walking in and the first thing you have to do is start a rapport with a person. You have to want them to want you in their space because you've walked into somebody's work home. Their work home, they have possession of. So they have to want to interact with you, they have to want to be with you, and they want it to be a pleasant experience. So code calling is actually harder than working in brick and mortar. But when you're code calling, we'll separate that into two different types of business. You could have a service like what I did, selling beauty supplies, so it was a product service, or you could be a network marketer, going into home to home or selling some type of a home-based product or beauty-based product that you're wanting an individual to try. Then you have telemarketers, bless their heart. A telemarketer has probably the hardest job out there, especially with robocalls, because they are constantly calling all these random numbers, and hopefully you'll get somebody to say, hi, this is, and they'll answer their name, and you'll be able to answer or introduce your product to them, so that telemarketer, they better have a pleasant voice, because the first thing they're going to do is, I don't have time for this, and hang up. So when we're looking at the three types of businesses that are out there, once again, brick and mortar, cold calling, where you're going door to door or telemarketing, each one has to understand that that receiving customer has a story behind them, has a life or a filter system behind them that you're having to introduce yourself into. Now, whether it's good or bad, I love the way Chick-fil-A has a video out that says everyone has a story. And they use this in their training for their staff, but it's 
where they go in and they actually see little words popping out over their head showing that this lady's husband died, this little girl's getting abused at home, this little girl's having a frustrated day because of some situation in their life. And over and over again, this person's financially lost their job. Everything is bubbling over their head saying that this situation is happening in their life. So when they walk in the Chick-fil-A store, they want you to understand that you are not only dealing with selling your product, but you're trying to make their day better. That is the key to customer service. You're trying to make somebody's day better. In customer service, everyone is dealing with something, whether it's good or bad, and your art of reading their mood is going to be so necessary. Now, if you could see me right now, I would be having a little dowel rod or I would have a ruler or a yardstick, something in front of me that would say, this is necessary for you to read their mood. Something visual that will tell you, is this person in a good mood? So they're one, two, three, they're like excellent. Are they in a bad mood? If I'm looking at my ruler and they're at a 10 or a 12, they're in a bad mood. Understanding how to read these moods is necessary in customer service because you have to be able to gauge how you have to approach the subject. For me, I'm a super hyper person. You can probably tell it by my voice how quickly I talk. So I come in with a lot of energy. When I come in with a lot of energy and somebody's coming in and they're calm, I will drive them nuts. It's just one of those things I would, oh my gosh, drive them absolutely crazy. One of my jobs I forgot to tell you about was I used to be a waitress at Lambert's Cafe, the home of the Thrilled Rose. Norman was great about teaching us how to gauge people's actions, their attitude, how, how much I could bring it on to them when I was serving them when I was in college. And that one point was so necessary because it helped me understand customer service all the way through. I think everybody should be a waitress at some time in their life. Everybody should do a job that their income is actually based on their politeness. Because if you learn to be a great waitress or a great waiter, you will have great customer service because you will see that kindness equals money. And that's what tips do. Kindness equals money. So when you're looking at gauging that customer's mood, you'll be able to look and see, do I need to come in? And it's always two levels higher. So if somebody's coming in at an eight, I come in at a 10 and I elevate their day and make them have a better day. But if somebody's coming in at a two and their energy level's about a two and I come in at a 10, I'm going to be in their face to them and they're not going to like that. So you look at gauging those moods. It's key ingredient. Stress can impact the situation. So if I'm stressed and I'm coming in at a stress 10, not an energetic 10, but a stress 10, I don't want to come in at a 12 and elevate their stress. I want to decrease their stress. So I probably need to come in at a six, seven, eight, somewhere around in there. And I need to downshift that energy that they have if they're really stressed. That's how come it's so important for you to realize that mood gauge or that mood yardstick or ruler is going to be so important when you're looking at the highs and the lows of a personality. I hate seeing companies close. One of the most detrimental things to a company that is killing companies is their lack of care for kindness for their customers or their members. There have been several large companies close. Some are based on maybe their uh, 
business profile probably wasn't the smartest move financially, but the front line, that interaction each day is killing more companies than anything. Because if you don't have the ability to meet the needs of that customer and you're not willing to care for them and go the extra mile, they don't have to go to you. There are other options out there. I'm gonna stop and tell you a little story. Last week I went grocery shopping and as I was grocery shopping and I had a cart, just about maybe 15 items in my cart. And I usually go to the self-check cause I, I'm just one of those people that get it, bag it, tag it and be gone. But this day, all everybody decided they wanted to self-check. So the get it, bag it, tag it and be gone was not gonna happen. And there was a gentleman standing at the end of the aisle And I said, are you checking today? And he said, yes, that's why I'm here. And I said, oh, would you mind checking me? Still elevating my voice a little bit to a pleasant approach to him. Would you mind checking me? He goes, yeah, go ahead and put your stuff out there and I'll do it. He said, as a matter of fact, I had a lady just a little while ago and she went to ask me if I would check her out and she was kind of hateful and... At first, she walked by me and didn't say anything. Then she came back by and asked me to check her out. And I looked at my boss because she was hateful. And I said, do I have to check her out? And my boss said, no, you sure don't. And I'm sitting here and he's telling me this story. And he says, you know, when we check people out, it's a service. We don't have to offer this service. There are other options. I'm dying because there in no way, shape, form or fashion was any of this conversation appropriate. Do you think he has the ability to kill his company? Whether that person was hateful or not, your job is to meet the need of the person in front of you. If I'm a cashier or if I'm a teller, my job is to take care of that customer or that member or that person in front of me. It's not for me to tell them a story of a customer I didn't like, nor is it appropriate for me to even say no to the lady that wanted checked out. She's only going to be there five minutes, if that. Five minutes of an interaction is not going to change my day, nor am I going to give it the power to change my day. So why in the world he is still fuming over this lady is crazy and it is making him a terrible employee i mean there's no other way to call it but that's bad that is bad so look at how you are killing the company or raising the company because your lack of care or your lack of concern for your company and your customer is really gonna hurt the business and kill it so that was my one story are you interacting based on fulfilling the need of that person or yourself. Selfish interactions can really hurt. If I am a selfish person, I'm like the gentleman I just talked about and it's all based on me. I'm kindly gonna take care of you. No, that's being selfish. What about if you're a funny person and you just blow everything off? There are times when jokesters are important in a job, especially to help lighten some situations. But if you're just funny every time and you blow everything off and you really don't care what happens, you'll kill the company too. Because it's important that you understand that your job is to get your meter reader out. Your job is to take care of what is in front of you today. What if you're a codependent person and you love to be that person that fixes everything? So, or you control all the knowledge of the company because you want them to come to you 
for the answer. So you're a codependent person based on your knowledge or your skill or your abilities. You're having everybody come to you. You know that interaction really does hurt a company because your job is to share your knowledge with your employees, share your skills with your employees so that it will actually produce a better work environment because everybody needs to know a little bit of everything in those particular areas. Now, once again, the caveat is this is all based on your skill level, your knowledge, and your position. But knowledge does help. Understanding, once again, are you interacting with that customer to fill your own need or to fill the need of the customer? The art of hospitality, the art of kindness. I can't reiterate enough kindness matters. I want to be a kind person. I want to interact with a kind person. What if they don't deserve it? You know what? They're only there five minutes. If they don't deserve it, it's okay. They get it anyways. Because my job is to be kind. My job is not to be crude, rude, hateful, hurtful. Soft tones. Soft tones are important when you're looking at that interaction. Now, if I'm a cheerleader and I'm coming in a cheerleader situation, a soft tone is not appropriate if I was at a ball game as a cheerleader. But for me to yell or bark or, or scream or be obnoxious, it's not going to work. That soft tone will soothe. Picking your words carefully. Elevating that vocabulary. How may I help you? Can I refresh your drink? Once again, Chick-fil-A was wonderful this. Can I refresh your drink or can I refill your drink? Can I take care of you? How may I take care of you? It's my pleasure. It's my honor. It's a privilege. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Please and thank you. They don't cost me anything. Now, I can say, I'm sorry this situation happened. If it's a disagreement or a problem, I understand you're frustrated. It's okay. It's a problem. I'm not saying I'm guilty of something because I'm saying I'm sorry for the problem or the situation. I'm just saying, I'm sorry this happened. So taking that time to meet the needs of somebody is really, really important. So what I want you to think about is, are you prepared for your day? Did you get a good night's sleep? Did you eat a healthy breakfast or a healthy lunch? Are you stressed about something that you're struggling with? Because that stress is really going to reflect in your interaction with somebody. Do you have a positive mental attitude? Surround yourself with positive influences. It could be signs on your desk. It could be pictures on your wall. It could be something on your phone. Fill your space with positive interactions, positive memories, because do you care? Do you care about your company? Do you care about your job? Do you care about your family, how you're eating, how you're living? Do you care about how you're dressed? This is huge. Businesses have changed how they appear in professional dress versus casual dress versus it's okay. Your clothes are a direct line with how you feel professionally. Now, my clothes working at the credit union are different than my clothes if I was working at a fun center. So you don't wear a suit and tie working at a fun center, but I don't wear shorts and flip-flops working at the credit union. So understand what is professional, what is appropriate for your field of, of work is gonna be vital, key to your success. I can't show things in my body that are inappropriate for me to show in my job. Uh, my neckline, my hemline, things like that are gonna be important. Those same things are important no matter which job you work at. Professional dress is important. 
looking at what you can wear, whether it's appropriate for you to wear a capri or appropriate for you to wear a long short or whether it's appropriate for you to wear a dress or a suit and tie, your job should have a guideline of how everybody should dress. My mother used to say it didn't cost anything to be clean. So if you're leaving your clothes in the dryer too long and you don't like to iron and they come out all wrinkled, you're going to have to find a way to approach the wrinkles. It could be you have to purchase an iron. It could be you have to buy the spray wrinkle release stuff. It could be that you need to throw a wet wash rag in the dryer and let it drop all the wrinkles. But wrinkles say I'm lazy and I don't care. I'm sorry. For those of you that wear wrinkled clothes, I'm so sorry. But it is necessary for you to consider that. If I have a t-shirt and I love this is my favorite t-shirt and I've stretched my t-shirt out or my t-shirt has already shown that it is my favorite holy t-shirt now, it's not appropriate for work unless I am working on roofing or working on painting or working in the garden. That shirt is not appropriate for me to wear in a work environment anymore. That is my Saturday's fun shirt. That is no longer my work shirt. Smells. I have a wood stove, so in the wintertime, our wood stove sometimes will have a backdraft into our house. Well, the other day I was standing by one of my coworkers, and she said, Have you been smoking a ham? You smell like a ham. You smell good. I was not smoking a ham. I have a wood furnace. And so my smell from my coat smelt like I had been smoking something or eating something, a smoked ham. Smells matter. If your coat or your jacket is your favorite one and you never wash it, it gets a stench on it. You have to wash these things. It's embarrassing to say that, but it's true. You have to think about all this. Immediately, I went home and washed my jacket because I knew exactly where it came from. It was in my laundry room and it had gotten that backdraft. This is important. So it's not only what you see, but what you smell. So keep your clothes looking professional based on your job. So you care about yourself, your company, your customers, your neighbors, your friends, your family, your community, your business. Customer service is not to fix everything. Everybody has a different vision of what it is. Well, actually, customer service is a mixture of both. You can't fix everything, but you can fix what you can. And when you can't, you pass them to the person that does. So know the rules. With customer service, you need to always know the rules. We already talked about two steps above, two steps below, understanding their level. Always answer the phone. I had some bosses that wanted you to answer the phone on the second ring. There are two options, whether it's in person or whether it's the ring. Second ring, you make sure you answer the phone. If they're in person, you make sure you give them eye contact and you smile. You don't do that, oh yeah, you know, are you trying to burn my mouth smile? You do the, hi, how are you smile? It's a pleasure to see you. Stay connected with them. Listen to them. If you're in person or if you're on the phone, make sure you take notes. Write it down a little bit. You find out exactly what they need. Don't interrupt. On both of them, you're not interrupting them. When they're talking, they're, they have so many words they have to get out. To some people, like my husband, he could give out three, four words and he's good. Me, I probably got 35, 40 that I'm going to get out in the situation before it's ever done. They have so many words they have to say. And if they don't have time to say those words, they do not feel like they have been appropriately served. So be careful with that. You don't gauge everybody by 10 or more or 10 or less. You have to let each one have their individual talk. Be helpful, courteous, knowledgeable. 
and go the extra mile. Make sure you go the extra mile. Why is this important? Because the person in front of you is the most important person you have. That person is there. They've got up. They've drove to wherever you're at, and they are there to be served. And if you do the extra mile for that customer, they will constantly be back to be taken care of by you. When you're talking about being on the phone or with a customer there, there are some mistakes that I see over and over again. You have to be accurate in everything you do, whether it's money and you're counting money, you're doing it three times because you count money out three times before you ever give it to somebody, but you're also attentive. You're attentive to what their needs are. You're specific to what their needs are. Cell phones are wonderful, but cell phones are also terrible because people will look at their phone time and time again when something comes and they have a a customer in front of them and they will constantly take and look at their phone. Terrible. Put your phone up. Put it away. Interruptions. Uh, People will come into your office, you're busy with somebody, and they'll say, hey, so-and-so, I need this, or hey, so-and-so, I need that. You do that and you're interrupting somebody, you're being rude, period, rude. That's what you got to think about. Friends come and visit. Oh, hi, Susie. How are you? Hi, Kim. How are you? Hey, John. How are you? And your friends pop in and you're in line, busy work, you know, working with somebody and they're talking to their friend while they're working on you. No, 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 no. You don't let your friend interact with you while you are working. Say, hey, I'll be right with you. Give me a few minutes. Because that person in front of you, that customer, remember, is there for a need and that's who you're being paid to serve. So if you're visiting, you're not doing your job. I know that's probably pretty cold. There's a line between being friendly and there's a line between being professional. And jobs, you're professional. You do your job. Be present. If I'm busy talking to Kim about going fishing, then I'm not being present to my customer that might have a need. And in sales, if I'm listening to them, they might have a need that I can feel. But if I'm too busy being distracted, I'm not meeting their need and I've lost out on a sale. Be alert. Are they somebody that you should be cautious of? Could it be somebody that is angry and might have a gun? They might have a knife. They might have um, be using drugs. And so if I touch something that is got something on there that I shouldn't be touching, it could make me sick. You have to be alert. You have to be alert to their temper. Are they angry? Are they patient? Are they impatient? All of these things are important, but if I'm distracted, I'm no longer doing my job. That second mile service is necessary. So if I've made a customer mad, a customer will tell 10 people in person, and it takes me five positive interactions with that person to get them back. So if I've made somebody mad, I'm having to work 55 times harder to get back to square one, repeat, to get back to square one, then if I make them happy. If I make a customer happy, they'll tell three people. Now, due to the day of social media, the caveat, if I've made them mad, not only have they told five and I've had to work 55 times harder to make them happy, social media means that they might be able to say 250, 300 people in their favorite friends first friend's favorite friend's mode. So now I've got 200 unseen people that I've lost an opportunity to be a great interaction with because I made that one person mad. When you're looking at the repercussions of customer service, you have to understand every interaction has the potential to build or kill your company. I can build them three times faster or I can kill them 55 times harder just from one interaction. That is so important. 
Now, when I'm on my phone, the thing I want to point out to you is when I'm interacting with a customer on the phone, that you're only hearing one side of the conversation. You're not hearing what the other person is saying, whether they are speaking angrily or whether they're speaking pleasantly. You have no clue. You only hear one side of the conversation. If I have a line of people listening to that one side of the conversation, I'm feeding them what their next interaction is going to be. Because if I'm angry and I'm frustrated and my face is showing it and my voice is showing it, then what's going to happen is when they come to me face to face, they're already going to be loaded for bear. And they're going to already be frustrated with me before I ever say, how may I help you? Privacy is important. If there's an interaction that you're having that you need to have in a private place, you find that private place and have it. You don't have it in front of a line of people that are seeing one side of the conversation. You might be totally justified with what you're saying or how you're saying it. I don't know if there's even a possibility of that, but I do understand it happens. But if that's the case, do it somewhere else. Don't do it in public where other people hear only one side. So your frustration shows not only in your voice, or you might be one of those rare people that has the sweetest voice, but your facial actions will show your frustration, but your voice is still speaking calmly. I've seen a few of them. How they do it, I don't know. My face shows everything. But privacy is important. Make sure. So when you're answering the phone or when you're interacting with a customer, you're going to identify yourself. You're going to talk to them. You're going to isolate the reason for the interaction. You're going to identify their meter or their style, and you're going to take notes. That's important. When I say soft skills are necessary, you need to acknowledge a situation, but you don't interrupt. Follow their lead. Being two steps above or two steps below to elevate or lower the situation. Calm is contagious. Calm is contagious. 40 million times you tell yourself that calm is contagious. If you stay positive and you're honest and you pay attention and you give a clear explanation of something, using a library voice, which is not a whisper, it's a little above a whisper, but it's watching your pitch and just being calm in the situation. I understand. Let me see what I can do. I am so sorry that this has happened to you. Let's see where we're at. Calm is contagious. Knowing that, you'll be able to take care of a lot of disgruntled situations if it's a situation where that's exactly the issue that you're dealing with back to back. A person's actions are going to tell you everything you need to know about them. For some, they're very talkative. For others, they just, you know, real quiet and just want to say the minimum. Some aren't even going to tell you the situation. They're just going to expect you to identify it or, or read their mind to get the problem. You have to help them understand that each one is different and that they are valuable just they, like they are. And this is how we want you to feel valued. So if they're emotional, they're actually going to make make a statement or they're going to tell you what the issue is or what they're looking for. And if it's an issue, it's not personal, guys. Everybody wants to take it personal. It's not your fault. It's not your fault the lady was grumpy. It's not your fault the man's grumpy. You don't know. Remember when we started this story, the story behind what's going on in their life? You have no idea what they've had go on. They might have had a car wreck. They might have had a, a flat tire. They might have had a sick kid or the grandma or sick parent. Something's happened that all of their frustration is coming into your communication interaction. And so now you've got to deal with not only what's present, 
but what they're dealing with up here, what, what's going on in their mind. So the only thing you can do is read their actions. The only thing you can do is understand how you can do it. Don't pass the phone on. Don't pass it from here to there to the other. Tell them, let me take your name and number and have that right person call you back. Good morning, this is Davine. How may I help you? Identify your department. Let them know who you're talking to. Write down the person's name that's calling or write down the person you're interacting with if it's an issue because there needs to be some type of form that lets them know that they're important and this is why they're here. You write down the time they call or the interaction time because you know what? You're going to get busy all day. That empathetic person, they want to hear, I understand. That praise seeker, that's an excellent idea. That reflective person, you know, that reflective person, if you did this right, you know, I would have loved to have said to that manager, you know, you got an issue here. I would be one that reflective person that's saying, this is how you fix that. Sometimes you've got actions, you've got responses that have to be taken place whenever you're dealing with situations or customers. You have to understand their language. If they're a touchy person, if they're a listening person, you have to understand all of that. If they're a looker, they're just looking around, seeing things. Most people are just looking for interaction. Their communication styles, they just, their hands off. They just want to look at things. Some people just want you to listen. I'm one of those. I want you to just listen to me. If I, I'll use that term, listen. And that's telling you, I want you to hear it. But 75% of them are actually looking. They want you to just interact with them and get everything taken care of. There's a lot to that. You've got to understand all of those personalities. When you're taking notes, it's important that you write down the details. You know, not every word they're saying, but their details. And if you restate it in a different way to them, that's letting them know that you understand the interaction. It helps you keep the facts straight because if you're dealing with a call service, a call service will have upwards to 150 to 200 or more calls a day or more. I mean, in some cases, I know that there are 120 calls per day that one person can handle. So if they're doing that, how can they keep the facts straight if they don't write it down? So taking notes helps you. The relaxed technique is to remember, establish limits, listen to the problem, ask a question and empathize, and then explain the solution or the problem so that you've restated it to know that you're doing exactly what you need to for that customer. So in a stressful situation, the relaxed technique is important. Remember we said calm is contagious, keeping that soft voice so that you can get everything out there that you need to to help that customer. In sales, we were always taught to wrap it up, close the sale. And here's where it gets funny. Some people, they don't want to say, is everything met to your satisfaction because they're afraid that it's going to open a new can of worms. So they'll say, you know, thank you, have a good day, but they won't finish it with, has it met your satisfaction? Or is everything okay? Or have we addressed all your issues? What you're doing when you're not closing the sale and wrapping things up, you're leaving a rabbit trail for the next interaction. Because what's going to happen is they're going to remember that you didn't finish to the best of your ability or to the best of their need that they were looking for. And so you're going to reintroduce the previous problem into the next interaction. Or by not closing the sale or saying, how can I help you? You're going to start it 
where you finished off last time. So that interaction for a customer is going to be so necessary for you to say, you know, Mr. Tim, I appreciate you so much. Thank you for what you do for our company, for being a customer, for being a part of our team. I hope we've met everything to your satisfaction. Is there anything else that I can do for you? Finishing with that, is there anything else I can do for you is so important because that's when they have the opportunity to tell you if you've met everything to their satisfaction. They're always going to let you know how you can assist them if you've not. But if you don't say that, you have lost a customer. Typically, you've lost a customer because they don't feel that you've met all of their needs that they had originally came in for. So when you're making a sale or when you're dealing with a customer situation that was a problem, I hope this met your needs. I hope that we answered your questions. Is there anything else you'd like to discuss with me? And then they give you that option. Thank you. Have a great day. We just really appreciate you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to fix the problem. Because the investments that's been done for you to have a job, if somebody's paid for that building, somebody's paying taxes, salary, utilities, policies, marketing material, management, staff, research, billing, community, and client is all involved for you to have a job, for you to pay your bills, for you to be able to live in the house you're living in, drive the car you drive. And if you don't care about them, your business will close. Thank you. I hope this was informative. I hope you did get challenged, encouraged. If you have any further questions, we'll be honored to look at them or discuss them. Have a great day. Zoe's Club, Zoe's Club. We come together in Zoe's Club. We're saving money. is so much fun. All in Zoe's Club. Reading, learning, sharing time. Saving, spending, and being. Contact Ozark Federal Credit Union at 573-686-7221. Membership eligibility required. Federally insured by NCUA.